Good evening and welcome back to the JMU Sports Blog Podcast. I'm Todd. I'm joined as always by my buddy Rob. How you doing, Rob? It's been a long time, everyone. It has. It's been a long time for the two of us as well. We've both been yes. traveling and just busy with work and family and everything else um, and just enjoying the summer off season. So we wanted to give you a little happy 4th of July uh, short podcast. Remind you, we're still here. We're getting ready to uh, gear up for the fall season. Certainly getting very excited about football down here. So the Raleigh chapter has a lot of events starting to come out for the NC State game. So looking forward. Yeah, they're really starting to hype that up. That's pretty cool. Yeah, hopefully we can get a little Greensboro caravan to join them. So, yeah. But um, Rob had a really good idea. We were just kind of um, wanted to be as short and sweet as we can be. (laughs) Knowing us, we say that every week. We say that every week. week. We we try to mean it this week. Um, But Rob, you want to explain what we're going to talk about tonight? I guess. uh, before that, I should I, I see. I'm out of the I'm out of the loop here. I, You're out of practice. Uh, yeah, got, exactly. got to thank our pal fire. That's right. I mean, what am I doing here? I get, got to pay the bills somehow, um, yeah. or or just get free beers, right? Yeah, yeah. Bills, beers, same, same thing. Priorities. Your priorities. Yes. So, um, as always, thank you to our uh, to our best sponsor, our only sponsor, Pale Fire Brewing Company in Harrisonburg, Virginia. Um, you can. It's a great time for some good beers on the deck. I don't know if you really want to be outside too much right now as hot and humid as it is this week. Uh, but beers at the pool or at your cookout on Wednesday, if you can stand the grill. <laughs> uh, I know it's awful warm for most JMU folks right now. So go by the tap room anytime in Harrisonburg, mention the podcast and you will get a free pint glass as always. So looking for, I need to replenish. I, I broke one of them. So, time to go stock up again. Yeah, well, football season's coming up. <laughs> Look, Plenty of opportunities that's to right. get down there. Looking forward. That's right. So, Rob, you want to introduce what we're going to talk about? Tonight? Yeah, and I guess this is just something, you know, a typical off-season kind of list, mm-hmm. listicle stuff. But uh, tonight we want to talk about kind of the JMU players or games or coaches or, or things we missed. Um, I don't know mm-hmm. about anybody out there, but Todd and I fully admit we were not exactly JMU fans before we came to the school. So... I don't think it's like a lot of um, fan bases, maybe maybe some more regional ones in the South where you grow up a fan and starting to have that happen now. But for most of us, our, our fanhood goes back pretty much when we were students. Um, so for us, we mm-hmm. want to talk back like we don't know everything prior to the 90s, but we have become exposed to it. So we just want to jump in and talk about some of the players and games and, and things that we missed. Um, we wish we could have seen. Yeah. So I, I think we each were going to try to think of three, but I'm guessing we're going to end up matching up the same way. Yeah, let's, so I would say we just go back and forth. Because, I mean, clearly, I'm yeah. assuming we're going to talk Haley and Clark, right? Yeah, yeah, for sure. If that, I Actually, that was not on my list, but that's a great one. Yeah, yeah, I, mean, yeah. I, have, I have a lot of hoops-focused stuff on my list, but yeah. Mine is a little more hoops-focused than normal. But um, Charles Haley, like, everybody talks about him. You know, he's the, what, four-time Super Bowl winner. He's a Hall of Famer. It's a big five deal. Five times. Yeah, was he five? yeah, I guess he was the only I one think, five. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. But quite honestly, I don't think a lot of us ever saw him suit up. We don't see a lot of videos. It was like the early 80s. Um, I mm-hmm. went back and did some research over the weekend. And mm-hmm. that means Googling it for anybody that, that's guessing. <laughs> I'm not really... um, he was ridiculous at JMU. I'm sure. I mean, yeah. he, he had 100 <laughs> tackles three straight years. He had 506 tackles, which I think when, when he left was the most in school history. Um, he was the first All-American for JMU in 1985. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. He just, he was crazy. And the funny thing was we were going back and forth with, with a couple of our friends over the weekend. Like he wasn't highly recruited out of high school. 
No, and I think that's it's it's such a product of that time too. I mean, you think about how many great NFL players from that time came from. So, I mean, how many Jerry Rices from Mississippi Valley State or Walter Payton? You know, yeah, I, mean, I think it was much got, more regionalized. Yeah. You didn't have the rivals yeah. or the twenty four seven. You couldn't go and look at somebody's huddle film. Um, so you can right. have really talented players. This he wasn't like a late bloomer. I mean, he was like an all <laughs> no, region player. Stud. He was a stud and a stud basketball right. player. But I think mm-hmm. sometimes, you know, you just you're not in the right school or your high school coaches aren't connected with the right people. And um, you end up kind of falling under the radar to Jamie's great benefit. And there certainly wasn't like 15 video coordinators to watch every high school recruit anywhere in the world who also have, you know, 24 seven available highlights. No, it was probably coaches <laughs> right. making their way down on Friday nights. Yeah, exactly. So, no, that's that's a good one. And for me as a Skins fan, I mean, I think Gary Clark, for sure, we've always heard what a thrill it was to watch him at JMU. But obviously, I mean, haven't seen much except for him and Scott Norwood standing on the sideline together. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. But I, mean, I think he had a game I, in particular against UVA where he returned two kicks for touchdowns. Uh, I like it. Um, yeah. And that was back. I mean, everybody always talks about JMU beating UVA back in football. Mm-hmm. That wasn't that big of a deal. I mean, granted, JMU mm-hmm. was not, you know, was not the, you know, FCS power that they, that they now are, but UVA really sucked back in the day. Yeah. You know, like, yes. like they're yeah, bad yeah. now, and we all like to make fun of them. Maybe Bronco will have them on the rise. That's up for debate. But they were an absolute laughing stock for the 70s mm-hmm. and the 80s, you know, until the late 80s, and they started turning around. Um, so, I mean, it was a big deal. You got kind of the, the little school that had just been climbing the ranks of, you know, D2, D3. But it wasn't this monument. It wasn't anywhere near the sort of Virginia Tech-type upset um, from 2010. Yeah. No. And uh, actually, it's funny you t- brought up the Tech game. I-, I thought about that in terms of, like, that's a game I did not attend in person. But it really wasn't even cl- – it wasn't even the top of my football list for games I missed in person. Yeah. I, I, <laughs> so, I mean, I know this isn't just about what we saw in person. Some of it's about things we didn't ever have a chance to see. But, I, yeah, I, I don't know. The, the longer we've gotten away from the Tech game and having been to East Carolina and watched SMU, I mean, seen some other – big upsets it's faded a little bit for sure yeah without a doubt and i mean that was one of those games where probably were hundreds of jamie fans there but mm-hmm. now you know over the years it's probably been thousands claim they were there <laughs> right, right. Uh, that was right. one i mean i'll admit I, I was watching that i think or listening on the radio at my brother-in-law's who's a virginia tech fan just kind of like oh wow mm-hmm. we're hanging in there and then you know left around halftime came home and was then got on the computer that was like an espn u game or whatever it was back mm-hmm. then streaming that was really weird as it developed because Jamie went into that game. It wasn't like now where we've got these winnable FBS games or the and the, no. the fan base expects like okay, it's going to be tough, but we could win. Nobody in their right mind was was picking Jamie to win that game. No, nope. I got to watch the second half at Bailey's. Um, people jumping off the bar and stuff. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, pretty fun. Um, my, Rob, I don't know. I have two from '94 actually. So just before I got there, but you were probably more aware of these than I was. Yeah, I, um, I was there for 94. Is that the Cauley? Yeah, well, the one – I wasn't actually thinking of football. I was, I was thinking oh. um, the, the Field Hockey National Championship is one that, you know, I just – to me that it's the first national championship at JMU. So it mm-hmm. just kind of – I don't – I obviously don't, don't know where it was played. I know they beat – I think they beat North Carolina in the championship. Don't know – you know, obviously don't know a ton about it. But as the first championship was just one that stood out in my mind. And then the other one, my, Rob, is the – I mean, my, I, we'll get to some older basketball stuff in a second, but I obviously was not there for the Coluco shot. 
I was not either. That was over spring break. Okay. And, okay. Um, I was in Vermont at my aunt's ski house and I called home and my dad told me about it. And then we had to rush to find a TV. I don't think we even had a TV in this house. So we could try to find Sports Center and watch yep. watch the buzzer beater. Yeah, I mean to me that one sticks out. I, I think it, yeah, I have one more above that and some other things I want to talk about, but that one stands out to me just it holds up so much. I mean, it was over Old Dominion to go to the tournament at a time when the CAA mattered or you know. Well, I mean it was and also, Richmond Coliseum. Yeah. Lefty had had a number of teams that mm-hmm. were really good winning CA regular season championships and he couldn't get over the hump. I, I, really? That was the only time that he won the tournament. Right. Um, that was a fun team. That was my freshman year. It really was a fun time to be on campus, but mm-hmm. completely jaded me. I mean, like I, I was like, Oh <laughs> yeah. wow. You know, I was a huge hoops fan growing up. Yeah. yeah. And I was like, this is so cool. I go to college. My school is going to the NCAA tournament. Oh my gosh, this is great. This is going to be like what I do for the next four years. And then 19 <laughs> years later, we're still going. But um, they played Florida that year. They the did. Florida team that went on to lose in the championship game. In the championship? Yeah, they, they I mean, was, was the final four team, weren't they? Yeah, it was Andrew DeClerc and yeah. Greg Williams. Yeah. And I still remember DeClerc kicking the ball away with Clayton Ritter going on the stretch. But that was with, with Coach Rowe was on that team. That mm-hmm. was a fun team. That game was on a Thursday night. Campus was going crazy. Everybody was watching it, like every dorm room, every <laughs> apartment off campus. Right. Um, but I don't think we understood that it was going to be a once every two decades thing. <laughs> right, right, right. We, all these years later, we wouldn't really have a legitimate chance yeah. since then. And I remember yeah. like Gasser and Omar got offered tickets and they're like, nah, we'll just go another time. You know, like, yeah, they're like some other year. Yeah, like, yeah, we'll, we'll go. You know, it's freshman year. They'll, they'll make it again. But, right, um, right. Yeah, so that that's a good one. That was a fun team. Like just mm-hmm. even the regular season games, that was when the convo was not quite like the electric zoo days, but it was fun. You'd go like the Saturday afternoon games or the games against ODU or Richmond. It was a mm-hmm. fun atmosphere. Um, you know, yeah. walking over crossing under the the tunnel and you'd be there with a huge crowd and it was really fun. It would be nice if they could get back to that sort of level of, of student body excitement. Yeah, I, I hope I saw Kurt Dudley tweeting some pictures of the uh construction on the new arena yeah it's gonna be so awesome hopefully that hopefully they can uh find find that tradition in the new place mm-hmm. um because it certainly hasn't been around in men's hoops in a while in the no. <laughs> right yeah how about well, you Rob? sticking with hoops this is a guy yeah. that, that i've read about and um really is a fantastic player by all accounts and that's steve hood yeah uh, he transferred he transferred from maryland okay and he was no slouch it wasn't like this was a guy who wasn't getting playing time is he the all-time leading scorer? For, uh, he only played two seasons at JMU. Okay, he, yeah, he, yeah. For, maybe for, points in a season. Points in a season. Or he averaged over yep. 20 points, both, both okay. as junior and senior. But, I mean, like, at Maryland, he averaged 14 points a game. I think he was runner-up for CA Rookie of the Year to J.R. Reed. Um, <laughs> yeah. And then Bob Wade, who had taken over after lefty, came over, just cut his playing time um, second year. So, he got frustrated <laughs> and transferred. And sought out Lefty. Lefty had been the right. reason that he had he had wanted to go uh, to Maryland in the first place. But the guy just lit it up. I mean, he had, like I said, he averaged over 20, 20 points a game for both years. He had seven games with over 30 points. And that's in college. That's crazy. And this wasn't like lighting it up against, you know, some crap schools. He went over 30 against UNC, against UNLV, yeah. against Oklahoma, which is just, mm-hmm. to give you an idea of the type of opponents Jamie could schedule with Lefty there. <laughs> Um, right, right. He shot forty six percent from three, which was totally different error. You know, you're shooting one, maybe two a game. It's not like now where we've landed up, but uh, 
you know, it was just nice. And once again, because it was lefty, two CAA regular season championships and then two NIT bids. But um, really just sounded Stop. like a fantastic player and, and somebody – it's a totally – college basketball landscape was completely different back then. But the idea mm-hmm. that you'd get somebody who was, you know, an all-CA rookie of the year and then end up playing at JMU and really not just living up to expectations but exceeding them, uh, I think it would have been pretty mm-hmm. fun. And that, I think it was there like late late 80s, early 90s. It was – yeah, I think it's – yep, that's when it yeah. is. Yeah, because I kind of looked back through some of the old records. Yeah, but just – Yeah, because my next group was from Hoops, mm-hmm. too. And I think – I mean, I don't know how to classify any of these teams, but the sort of 81 to 83. The Campanelli? Yeah. The, I mean, so JMU, um, <laughs> they were incredible during that stretch. They won an NCAA tournament game in each of those three, three seasons. Uh, they beat Georgetown in 81 and then lost to Notre Dame, beat Ohio State in 82. Most people say that's the best JMU team You know ever. who was leading scorer um, for Ohio well, State that year? Clark Kellogg. Oh, yeah, that was, that was and what, they, 81, 82. And then they lost to Jordan in Carolina. By right? a bucket. By a, by a bucket in the second yeah. round. So, I mean, that, that's the team. And then the third year, they beat West Virginia in the first round and then lost to Carolina again in the second yeah. round. Um, but that whole era, yeah, that's definitely the Campanelli teams. Um, Tyrone Shoulders, David DuPont. I think David DuPont is a Greensboro native, uh, re- Greensboro resident now, was the captain of the 82-83 team. So it just really, it, I mean, obviously we weren't there, but that really is the start of JMU as a, I mean, to me it seems like that's the start of JMU as an athletics-focused school or starting to focus on sports at all. Yeah, and I, it's you almost know. like what might have been. You know, you had Kepanelli. Kepanelli got poached by Cal, correct? Didn't he go to? I think, I think it was so. Cal Berkeley. Mm-hmm. Um, but I was going to speak to that team, too. Linton Towns is a Jamie Hall famer. He was the leading scorer yeah. on that team. Sure. Um, I mean, he was, he was a perimeter player, and he shot 55% from the field for his career. Right. You know, just an absolute uh, sharpshooter, but terrific player on a terrific team. It's weird because that was really, at the time, college basketball was a little different. I don't. The tournament wasn't even 64 teams back then, was it? It might have been, but yeah, no, been 48. I don't think so. or it was something weird. But. Right. Um, but they really were like the big mid-major, you know, the, the perennial mm-hmm. tournament team, like you're talking about winning every year. And you would think that that would be the start of great things to come. And, <laughs> I and know. particularly just given where it was, it, it wasn't the same landscape. You had, you know, the Louisville, you know, Denny Crumbs teams of the world and John Thompson, but they were positioned right there to be kind of the Gonzaga of the time. Uh, and, oh, yeah. and it just didn't really work out. You know what? Another yeah. thirteen years, fourteen years for an NCAA bid, and then there's only right. one since then. So it's really kind of scary when you think back. Like people talk about, oh, Jamie was a basketball school, and I think younger alums or even people like our age mistake that for meaning like, oh yeah, we, we were beastly during lefty years, and that's not the case at all. It was, it was Campanelli, you know, no, left before, before that, that. Mm-hmm. and lefty mm-hmm. did a lot of good things for the school. Um, had very consistently good regular season teams but only one tournament thing. Campanelli is, is definitely kind of top of the totem pole as far as JMU uh, basketball coaches and, and right up there in terms of all JMU coaches. Yep. Well, and the thing that hurt that team, I mean, this was my one other thing I wanted to point out, um, just as far as a player, like you were talking about Haley and Clark before, there's one visiting player um, right after that 81 to 83 run is when David Robinson came to yep. Navy. And they won a couple CAA tournaments in a row, and they beat JMU in the championship, I think, a couple, couple of those yeah. years. And that would have been pretty awesome to see. I mean, that is a really, really rare 
not that the CAA hasn't had great players, but that was a particularly, you know, perfect storm of, I mean, we all know the story of Dave Robinson going to the Naval Academy and then growing to the point where he would not have been able to go to the Naval Naval Academy if he had been that tall when he arrived. And uh, just obviously one of the most dominant, probably the most dominant player in the history of the CAA. And, you know, I mean, a first ballot Hall of Famer in the NBA. I mean, one of the best, certainly one of the best 25 or so players in the history of the in the history of the oh, sport yeah. I mean, it's, and to have that player in the CAA would have been, it would have been unbelievable to get to see that at, and say, you got to see that at, at JMU, you know, or in the CAA tournament. Oh yeah. With, without that, a doubt. Yeah. I mean, it used to look, I'm not sure if it still holds up, but the old CAA record books, when you'd go to games and they'd give you like, they weren't even programs, like essentially like, <laughs> right. like media leaflets or something. <laughs> like 28 yeah. blocks or something. Yeah. It was <laughs> crazy, you know, like <laughs> rebounding, you know, record for most in a game most in the CA tournament most I, he was just a man amongst boys and there right. been some really good players you know it, even sure. like Odell Hodge was a terrific ball player um for ODU oh, yeah. and, you know Lou Rowe for people who didn't see him he was a fun player to watch Clayton Ritter for Jamie Ken Kaluko mm-hmm. was kind of like a Kyle Korver type before Kyle Korver right. um I mean all those VCU guys just in the last 10 years or so Eric Maynard and yeah you know yeah they it, it's been a the, the CAA has had great players, but there's a difference between great players and David Robinson. Yeah, it's all time great, like in the sport. Right, right. Yeah, without right. a doubt. So, yeah, that would have been cool. How about you? Got any well, more? I, I've got a couple random football ones, and over the weekend, I was just, yeah, I've got one football one, and this sure. is just totally yeah. bizarre. And and I was going back to like looking through the JMU history and reading about old games, and it's very difficult to find a lot of information prior to like 2004. <laughs> you can get scores, and right. if you're lucky, maybe a box score. But right. in 1991, um, Jamie was an independent. They weren't yet in the Yankee Conference, mm-hmm. which was the precursor to the A-10, <laughs> and the precursor to the CAA. Right. Um, but like Delaware and Villanova and New Hampshire were. They all finished, I think, tied first, and they got bids from the Yankee Conference. Um, okay. Jamie got a bid as well and had to go on the road to Delaware. And Jamie won 42-35 in double overtime. Um, mm. so I think this might be one of the things that got them on the radar. They were able to join the Yankee Conference two years later. But just the idea of yeah. like going going on the road to Delaware, which now has become a great rival, and winning a right. shootout like that in double OT, I just I can't find anything more about it than the score. But I'm kind of dying no. to know what this game was like if it was just played in front of you know Delaware senior citizen fans, or if it was like a big deal at the time. <laughs> It was prior to me being at JMU. Right. I was in high school at the time. I'm sure it's prior to your fandom. This was not yeah, on the radar. Yeah. You probably had like a maybe no. the score in like other college in the Washington Post. I, I'm not right, right. but it's just neat because like you know, there's this Yankee conference with those other schools. They all got it. They all lost in the first mm-hmm. round. JMU knocked off Delaware and then lost to Samford in the next round. Who went all the way to the Final Four and lost mm-hmm. to Youngstown. Um, that was Youngstown's Jim Trestle teams. It was the first oh, yeah, championship yeah. team. Yep. So like. It was just kind of funny okay. reading about this and trying to find articles like like a walk down like FCS history to read about all these mm-hmm. schools that have kind of come and gone and the way conferences have changed. Um, I don't know. So just things yeah. like that. Like I wish I could go back and have a deeper appreciation and deeper history for FCS football. Uh, yes. Not to mention back then, that's a true shootout. Yeah. Back, yeah. By today's that's standards, nothing. every game is 42 yeah, like, But back then, in, yeah. in the early 90s, that's a lot of points. Um, so yeah. I don't know, I'm just that, that game kind of intrigues me. If any, yes, if anybody out there thought, like hit us up, let us know about it. I'd, I'd love to hear more details. Yeah, um, I was trying to think. I don't, I don't have a lot else. I mean, I, I think the, uh, 
I, I a couple like more recent games. Um, this was not on my like top three, but I was just thinking I would have loved to have been there for some of the softball the year that they hosted LSU in the Super Regional. Mm-hmm. You know, that was was it was it huge three crowds. years ago? Three years yeah. ago, yeah, the Jalen Ford and Megan Good. Megan Good's freshman year and freshman Jalen's year. senior year or junior year? Yeah, June might have been uh, I don't remember. But yeah, I mean they had both they had two stud pitchers hosting LSU. That was when they sort of ex- were you know, like jerry rigging to expand the stadium. Um, just looked like a really good time from a fan perspective. I think the people that were there have certainly invested in that program since then. And it's awesome to see the program continue, hopefully continue to grow. Um, and then the other one, my top one, Rob, I, obviously I, neither one of us went, uh, we both got to watch and had a great time, but I, I am jealous. And I, I will say, I, I think everyone who got to make the trip to Fargo two years ago, that is one that's probably going to stick with you for a long, long time as a fan. You know, I, I just, I mean, obviously we had a great time watching it wherever we were, you know, here um, and got to go to Frisco afterwards. But the people that got to, I mean, I think that what were there, 700 or 1,000 fans that got to make the trip? And uh, that, so that just looked like an awesome trip that nobody's ever going to forget yeah, that made that trip. Everything about it, too. Um, but I know, yeah. like, Carol and John and, and some of the people we've gotten to know through, through Jamie Sports went, and they talk about it, the whole concept of, like, North Dakota nice. Just really yeah, yeah. true. I don't know. I'm sure people have, with every good experience, like every, every good fan base has a couple bad apples. So I'm sure people are going to counter this and say, oh, I met somebody in Frisco who was a jerk. Well, whatever. I'm, I'm sure we <laughs> right. have JMU fans who were jerky too. But right. to a man and to a woman, everybody I've talked to from JMU who went to that game in Fargo said they mm-hmm. were just welcome to the open arms um, before and after the game. It doesn't sound like it was a case yep. where people were like, oh, so nice to have you. You know, we're going to kick your butts and look. They said afterwards, right. people were buying them drinks, congratulatory, excited. Uh, I think they were kind of rightfully proud to show off the Fargo Dome and that great culture they have there with the tailgating. Yeah. I mean, it almost sounds like ice fishing. Like you're going from these, like, <laughs> you know, heated know. cabins and that. But like, it just sounded like such a great thing. On TV, that, that, I know it's smaller and it's not like a big dome, but like that is one of the loudest, most intimidating environments I, I can recall watching games and um to see that that was such a great game played by both teams um, oh yeah for anybody to go in there and knock off north dakota state in the playoffs on the road would have been exciting because it was jmu it was 500 right no I, I that one would be tough to top you know that was a great one just yeah, to that... watch I, I think you probably agree with me that stands out way more in terms of the game than the actual championship game that that was a bigger oh to me far and away. You know, it, was, it was a big deal like there's certain milestones the caps beating the penguins it wasn't the championship like it's a big deal for a fan base to knock off goliath or to knock off your big rival and north dakota state is justifiably the the biggest kid in the fcs block Um, yeah and i think what we've seen since then i mean for jamie to go ahead and finish the championship and then to get back last year and you know they obviously lost but i don't think you know there's nobody walking away from that game saying like it's just they've been so clearly it's one and one a right the now. past two years. You yeah. Know? Yeah. And, and it's just, it, that is the game that Graham, um, I, I, you know, Houston, they'd had a great run, but that was like, wow, <laughs> we're really here. Yeah. That was a stay. Level. Yeah. So, and, and with that, we don't need to get into it, but mm-hmm. going to two back-to-back championships and everything, 
people should not be surprised. We should be excited. We should not be surprised by this like level of recruiting that we are seeing over the past week or two. Holy hell! It, it is it is awesome, and I am thrilled. And we'll have Michael talk about it. Neither Todd nor I actually know squat about right. recruiting, but like right. there's just there's a different caliber of player who who's committing to JMU right now, and it is exciting and it is awesome. We should not be surprised. I mean, like when no. when we are the you know you, you've gone back to back to championships, um, mm-hmm. what undefeated regular season. We've mm-hmm. got a head coach who just signed an extension who's excited about the program, twice. game day twice. Like, this is what happens when you do those things. Like, Jamie, who always had a number of recruiting advantages. Yep. But now it's like the deck is really stacked in our favor, and these coaches are getting after it. And God bless them. They're doing an amazing job. It is still not easy. No. But I think we are finally seeing a staff that is fully committed to taking advantage of all these many great attributes that Jamie has. So I'm excited, but, and I know everybody else is, but some people are like, Oh, what the hell is this happening? Well, it's happening because it's a winning program. It's, it's one of the best <laughs> programs in the country. You know, like this is, you know, it, people aren't shocked when, when Nick Saban pulls in great recruits every year, when right. urban Meyer does, people aren't shocked when North Dakota state does it. We shouldn't I, be shocked when JMU does it. No, yeah. this is funny, Rob. This is like bizarro JMU sports blog tonight because, uh, We've got optimistic Rob over here. Yeah, I know. It's right, so and I, I'm over here concerned. Um, the one thing that scares me is, you know, I've watched a lot of Villanova over the last 10 or 15 years in basketball, and when they made the Final Four back in 08, they stepped up their ability to recruit, and they brought in a bunch of, bunch of kids who promptly didn't do squat, um, you know, who thought they were hot shit, and that didn't work out for them. Um, and I think, I think JMU, to a certain extent, saw that after the 04 championship as the next five or six years of Mickey went along. JMU had access to a different level of recruit, and it didn't always work out. Now, I will say, I think a lot of kids today, and what I'm hopeful to not be too pessimistic about it, what I'm really hopeful about, Rob, is that I, I do think a lot of these kids realize that JMU put four or five guys in NFL training camps this year. Yeah. They've got three or four guys in the league. Like, if you go to JMU or North Dakota State and play every down for two or three years and become an All-American and get on Center and do all this stuff, your chances are actually better of staying in the game professionally than if you go sit on the bench at UVA or Maryland, you know. Yeah, I, to, I, I, to, I, to I use just, a soccer analogy, you can take the Lyndon Donovan route and yes. play consistently in, in MLS – and do quite well for yourself versus going and competing, you know, every uh, and like, win games and, and win games and have fun. Have everybody and, love you and, yeah, you know, and, be a hero as opposed to going to UVA and going four and seven every year. Well, right. these, these latest commits are speaking to that. They're like, look, it's a great program. They compete and I'll have the opportunity to play. And, and so like, I think that's neat. You got people want to go out there and compete. They're not saying, oh, I'm going to step in there and, you know, because I had offers from P5 programs, I'm going to be a starter. But they realize like, well, First, it's probably just a whole lot more fun to have a chance to really get yes, out and get yes. on the field yes. for four years than to just bide your time. And not and to say to these kids a, aren't willing to, to win work games. Hard, to win games. Like, it's fun to be a part of it. Um, and let's be honest. these are We're not stealing guys from LSU and Alabama and Florida State. We're, no. we're taking guys that kind of have the chance to, like, if they go work really hard, they can probably work their way into serious playing time, if not starting positions that kind of, certainly G5 or lower P5 programs, right. or they can go be part of it and compete and maybe have that same opportunity. Um, it's not taking the easy route, but maybe you do the same thing, but you can compete for a championship. 
be part of a winning program. Um, well, and you think of all these guys that Jamie's had transfer the other way yeah. the last few years, right? The Terrence Alls type player. So that's the kind of player that now you're like, well, do I go to Duke and sit and, or play a little bit and not win a lot and then go to, you know, like, yeah. or do I just go to JMU and play and win from the beginning and have a great time? And, you know, yeah. and I, I, I don't even think it's like, I don't want people to think that we're saying like, oh, these people are taking the easy route to playing time. I don't know. Think that. It's just like, do you want to go grind it out at a program that isn't top notch and maybe isn't going to compete? Mm-hmm. You know, like, UVA, yeah. UVA, terrific school, fine. I, I know it's very popular for us, and we do it all the time. We, you know, bash UVA and blah, blah, blah. It's not a great program. If you're a football player and you're a competitor, I don't know. Yeah. It, part of you would be like, oh, you know, I'm going to buy into whatever Bronco's selling, although he's just trashing his roster, it appears, saying, like, he only has, right. like, 20 ACC caliber players. Do you want right. to go grind it out, and maybe the ceiling is maybe your senior year you might get to play in an ACC championship game and get crushed by Clemson or Florida State? Or do you want to go to JMU and play with guys that are every bit as competitive, every bit as dedicated, but actually have the opportunity to win something? Now, for years, that's yeah. kind of been the argument for those of us that aren't gung-ho, you know, FBS or bust. Well, I, this is somewhat vindicating for people like me who are like, you know what, there's, there's an appeal to being part of a consistently winning program that might be better than just being like a G5 also ran or a P5 nothing you know so well that's what's this is i have to admit even for me this has been a little ridiculous the last couple weeks because i think most players and and especially their high school coaches and their families who look at this objectively can look at and say look i'd rather go to jmu and compete for championship than go to a you know i don't know arkansas state right uh uh g5 toledo or yeah right where the highlight of my career is going to be like a year that I finished seven and four, but we had one big upset yeah. or something. Right. And I, I understand that, but stealing people from P five teams the last couple of weeks is something. Oh, else. it's awesome. It's awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I'm excited. Especially stealing them from you. Yeah. I mean, that, that's great. But, yeah. um, and we'll see. Uh, I mean, this will be my more negative side back to normal. <laughs> In no way do I believe that all these guys are going to be there on signing day. Thing, things happen. Mm-hmm. You know, this is great. Right. Um, there's, there's, there's probably a Stacy Bedell in this bunch who, who might commit to yeah. two or three schools. But it is still great just to see how excited they are. I think it's also – isn't this like an FBS quiet period where they can't do campus visits, but they can do FCS, yeah, which, which works to our favor? But um, it's great. Yeah. Like, this is, this is awesome. This is why you pay coaches like Houston and Bob Trott and, you know, all these really experienced guys come in Absolutely. there. Absolutely. Like, they're, they're getting it done. So it's exciting time to be a Jamie fan. And it's an exciting time to be a D-Lot partner. Yes. We, we are very excited. Uh, I know there are some people in JMU Nation who are probably not that pleased with the reparking. Worked um, out well for us. It did work out well for us. We're going to have a big crew over there this year. I think we even picked off of the move down with us. So it should be a really fun year over there by the tennis bubble. So, Rob, you got anything else? No, just, uh, I don't know. Good, good week to be a JMU fan. Really getting excited for football. I think – We'll probably only have one or two more of these kind of random summer podcasts, and then we'll be full-fledged, start talking previews, and maybe get some real guests on and start looking forward to the season. Absolutely. 31 minutes, that's pretty good. Yeah, us, Rob. that's good. <laughs> All right. um, everybody, have a good night. Um, go buy Pale Fire if you're down in Harrisonburg this summer. 
uh, definitely check out some good beers. You can find Pale Fire beers most places in Virginia now. So keep a lookout for them. Um, take them to your 4th of July party on Wednesday. Hopefully everyone is out enjoying the best holiday of all the holidays in my personal yes. opinion. Hopefully it's not 107 yes. degrees or whatever it's been. It's just the best. We should do holiday rankings, but there's no pressure on 4th of July, right? No. I, right, the diff- right, I mean, Christmas, Thanksgiving, even New Year's, they all have their own like baggage with them you're just, um, just supposed to have fun and yeah be, be american yeah it's pretty good yes <laughs> that's right you're supposed to like grill meats and drink beer well that's have a good well time. jess and the boys right. are gone not nobody cares in, in podcast <laughs> land, i'll be doing fourth of july by myself and i'm not at all upset about it i'm planning different things to grill i'm gonna sit in the backyard of course the world right. cup dc united's yeah, on late the world cup yeah. off there which stinks but yeah, yeah, it's, oh, it's great. I'll probably go to the pool. Maybe, maybe even go down and do yeah. the fireworks by myself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, it's good talking with you, Rob. And uh, we will catch up if uh, maybe next week or the week after, but sometime in the next right, couple weeks. All right, enjoy the fourth, everyone. Go Dukes. Go Dukes.